0: We need to protect quality of life for our residents and preserve the very reason people enjoy coming here.
1: I think if you look at an aspen tree, we're sort of the trunk and underneath is the root system. We all have to be working together. It's
2: very easy to get trapped into the same kind of thinking that has got us to where we are now.
3: Welcome to Travel Beyond, where we partner with leading destinations to explore the greatest challenges facing communities and the planet, surfacing their most inspiring solutions. I'm David Archer, Editorial Manager at Destination Think, and I'm recording from the coastal village of Geats, British Columbia, which is in Haida Gwaii, the territory of the Haida Nation. And
4: I'm Rodney Payne. I'm the CEO at Destination Think, and I'm recording this from my home in Revelstoke, British Columbia. It's a city on the territory of four First Nations, the Sinaiks, the Shishwetmec, the Silks, and the Tanaha. On this show, we look at the role of travel and choose to highlight destinations that are global leaders. We talk to the change makers who are addressing regenerative travel through action in their communities, very often from the bottom up.
3: Yeah, and we're actively looking for the best examples of efforts to regenerate economies, communities, and ecosystems. So be sure to reach out if you have a story to share with us. And we'd like to welcome you to our season about Aspen, Colorado. And uh, we're very excited about this. We'd like to thank the Aspen Chamber Resort Association for hosting our team and sponsoring this season. And in particular, Eliza and Debbie, who you'll hear from later in the episode, for hosting us. And so I just want to give our listeners uh, a quick primer on what Aspen, Colorado is, where it is, what kind of place it is. Um, So this is a ski resort town in the central Rocky Mountains. It's got a history of silver mining dating back to the 1800s. And then after the Second World War, the town had kind of a regrowth phase, um, thanks in part to the development of the first ski runs and and then also annual events that have become quite prestigious and invited national and international collaboration across many disciplines of art, science, and culture. Um, there's an annual festival, the Aspen Ideas Festival, that's actually happening this week as we record. And today there are four ski areas around Aspen. The town has a year-round population of around 6,000, which grows to up to 27,000 in high season. And it's located about a a three-and-a-half-hour drive from Denver, uh, surrounded by three airports. So there's a lot of air access here and direct service from major cities like L.A., Houston, and Chicago. And beyond that, Aspen is a community. But it's also the playground of the rich and famous, and uh, there's no way around that. Uh, It's very hard to afford a home in Aspen, for example. Um, There's a Forbes article from February of 2022 that says the single-family median sales price rose to fourteen point five five million dollars, with the average sale price for townhouses and condos at around four point two million. This is quite a remarkable place in in many ways, and uh, I'm looking forward to getting into it and and some of the innovations happening here. Uh, yeah, Rodney, you have anything to add, or what are your overall impressions of Aspen?
4: I think that a lot of people may be thinking that aspen is an unrelatable destination uh but i think aspen can also be a window into the future for a lot of places you know maybe maybe it's a ski town and uh and other people are listening from places that don't have mountains but i think it it's a window into the future for a lot of uh places that are on the map globally whether that's from a tourism or political or economic perspective in terms of the challenges that Aspen's facing and what we can learn from them.
3: Yeah, there's certainly uh, all the resources in the world to back it up too. Um, And this season we've got some fascinating interviews lined up. Uh, We will hear about housing with former State Senator Gail Schwartz next episode. Uh, We're going to talk with Crystal Logan of the Aspen Institute about ideas and influence in this conference that I mentioned We're going to talk about the values of residents and visitors and the circular economy with Steve Scadron of Colorado Mountain College. We're going to talk transportation and visitor experiences with Ken Murphy and Linda DuPriest. And then we're going to talk about sustainability and how change happens with some really quite amazing examples from the Senior Vice President of Sustainability at Aspen Skiing Company, Auden Schendler. And Aspen has appeared on this podcast in the past. In our first season about Revelstoke, Rodney, you'll remember that uh, Eliza Voss, one of our guests today, was on an episode to talk about housing programs. And I wonder how you would compare Aspen's position in sort of a destination or place life cycle compared to Revelstoke's, which is also a ski resort.
4: Yeah, I think Aspen is a more mature destination in that it, you know, it's been online for a lot longer as a as a resort. You know, the the real tourism infrastructure that came in here on a on a world scale came in, you know, just over ten years ago. The the gondola to the top of a huge mountain that you can ski down and bike down. Um, Aspen's been hosting skiers and visitors for a lot lot longer than Revelstoke, decades longer. But I think even though Aspen is further on the life cycle, it's facing many similar challenges to Revelstoke and a lot of other mountain towns and resort towns and tourism destinations and, and addressing um, pressures that we can all learn from.
3: Yeah, in that sense, it is quite a relatable place in that you can see sort of, you know, the ending stages or the, the late maturing stages of, of some of the issues that we're, that we're grappling with in tourism. And a couple of years ago, Destination Think worked with the Aspen Chamber Resort Association on an extensive public engagement process to create Aspen's destination management plan, which was released last year. Can you talk about the significance of that plan?
4: So the Aspen Chamber and Resort Association has historically been in charge of letting the world know how beautiful Aspen is is as a place for people to visit, and they've stepped up and taken upon themselves the responsibility of listening to the community and created a plan to to find balance and reconcile the various pressures that uh, exist to make sure tourism is working for Aspen.
3: Yeah, and and we're going to learn about that destination management plan in this episode. Uh, We're going to have three interviews for you today. First, you'll hear from Eliza Voss, the Vice President of Destination Marketing at Aspen Chamber Resort Association. Here she is.
0: I'm Eliza Voss, and I should note that we are recording in Aspen, Colorado, the ancestral territory of the Uncompahgre tribe of the Ute Nation. We honor the inherent stewardship native people have for the land, waters, and air that our residents and visitors continue to have the privilege to revel in.
4: How does spending time in Aspen inform your values and your appreciation for the world?
0: I just feel like you wake up here every day and you have to have gratitude for the, the natural beauty around us. It has definitely made me more aware of sustainability and taking care of the earth and being a good steward for my children who I'm raising here, for sure. Um, I just think being this close to nature makes you really aware of how we need to care for the planet.
4: What is Accra and what do you do?
0: So the Aspen Chamber is a hybrid of a Chamber of Commerce, traditional Chamber of Commerce, and, and then a destination marketing management organization. I am specifically working on the marketing management side, and that's funded by a lodging tax, um, which is collected by Aspen Lodges, and I do a lot. I'm responsible for not only marketing the destination, but also interfacing with business owners, lodges, restaurants, um, and also this pivot into managing the destination. So each day is very different.
4: Do you think people in the community know what your organization does? Do you think your mom knows what you do for work?
0: Definitely not. <laughs> um, every now and then I send my mom the wrap up video we do. so you know, she can feel like she knows, but no. Um, and I know there's a lot of there's a lot of organizations in the community, so the city of Aspen, Pitkin County, Aspen Skiing Company. So, to be fair, there's like logo soup going on, and there is a lot of confusion for the general passerby. Um, We have a super engaged board and membership, so they are absolutely aware of what we're doing. But I think the average person just walking down the street might confuse us with the city of Aspen.
4: Typically, the organization responsible for destination marketing runs the visitor center in town provides some support to tourism businesses, and promotes a place. You recently built a destination management plan, and our team got to work with you. Why does Aspen need a destination management plan?
0: We need a destination management plan because we were getting to a place where the quality of life for the residents was being impacted and also the experience for the visitor was being impacted. Um, So I would say we had put some pieces of what we would call destination management into place prior to the plan. Um, But the plan really was a catalyst for us to speak to our residents. Historically, destination marketing management organizations have really been focused on visitor perception, which is which is correct, but Um, I think we got too far away from the people living in the place.
4: You invested a lot of energy in talking to the community. Can you tell me a little bit about the process?
0: It was very daunting going into it. We did a lot of grassroots efforts to get people engaged, so emailing my own personal contacts to get people to participate in the resident sentiment survey that was probably the biggest lift because we did all of our co-creation labs and tourism town halls online because it was COVID so I think we could have maybe had a little bit more visibility if it was actually live and in person Um, but we did get decent participation in those
4: why is it important to talk to the community
0: Our community is incredibly passionate about everything. (laughs) So it's really important to engage with them instead of them feeling like tourism is being done to them and to understand. I mean, luckily we are a tourism board that is embedded in the community, so we do understand. We feel it as both a resident and an employee of the organization. So we understand a little bit, but getting the diverse perspectives is really important.
4: What did you find? What did you learn through the process?
0: It was really insightful to see that people were willing to embrace this shift the more they kind of, I would say, socialized with the idea. There were definitely people that I realized after the fact we should have engaged with more and kind of forced to pay attention. Because then we got feedback after the fact that they weren't thrilled with that direction. And I, and I think ultimately everybody could have been more on board if we had engaged and really gotten them more comfortable with what we we're doing, because it can be scary for a business owner to think about losing something.
4: Yeah, the word management is almost the wrong word. Right? Yeah. Because when you said destination management, yeah, it instantly implies restriction. Yes. Protection, maybe. Like, right. Yeah. Protection of home would be another. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, protecting our asset. Like a lot of the, we'll, we'll get to this, but a lot of the people that you've introduced us to that we've spoken to this week have described the importance of it in their own words around protecting the very thing that, you know, is at the center of the economy here. And um, I think that'll be in, in, enlightening to sort of reflect on. How has your team reacted to what what sort of the community told you and the direction in the plan?
0: I'm very lucky. I have a really strong team who is as invested in the community as I am. Um, so I feel really grateful for that. And they're all in. I would say we had contractors that handle public relations and some things like that that when we first started talking about destination management the first thing you think is oh my gosh am I going to lose my job um, so once we've moved through that everybody really has embraced not only the work we're doing but I think in a resort community to have a profession and a career and something that you're passionate about is fairly unique and so I think you know, they are growing professionally because of the work that we're doing outside of kind of the original mission vision.
4: It's not easy to go through a planning process during a pandemic, as we've learned. What are some of the things that you've sort of noticed as you've socialized the plan and started to gain some traction?
0: I think a lot of the angst that informed some of that address visitor pressure piece were I mean, that exists for sure, right? But um, it was exacerbated by a lot of new residents moving to town. And people really didn't have the chance because things were shut and closed off to really integrate. So the visitor takes heat for something that actually is a hometown situation. So that's just interesting, as well as, you know, We released the plan, then Ukraine and war started, and economic impacts were felt because of that. So almost immediately, you're changing the factors outside of your control. Um, So you are constantly kind of pivoting to what that means locally.
4: Where are you most excited to see progress?
0: I like all of the aspects. I think there's some real movement that can happen. Um, The city of Aspen has an incredible sustainability team in place. And I think in the next three to five years, we're gonna see some large gains there. Aspen was a leader for many years in climate initiatives. And then I think we kind of got busy doing other things and that took a back seat. So I think it's time to now put that at the forefront again. Um, And then There's a lot of entities working to solve the housing issue locally, but we also know that housing is not the only reason people are or aren't employed. Um, We actually have a study from the membership side that um, the owner CEO level believes that housing is one reason, is the main reason they lose employees, and then those employees report that that's one factor of many. So it's really more of a, I guess, entire quality of life piece.
4: If you look forward into the future, let's say you've been working on this for another 10 years (laughs) and you think about the impact that that work could have in 15 or 20 years, what's your vision for what Aspen could be?
0: My hope is that the edge or the tension is softened a little bit, that people have kind of integrated a little bit more and realized that more can be done working towards something than just talking about the negative impacts that change may have had. Um, Change is constant and we have to evolve um, and try and figure out how to work with it.
4: Which aspects of the plan do you think will be the, the easiest to address?
0: The city of Aspen is, at a point where it's going to be implementing some policy changes that will impact in a in a good way the greenhouse gas emissions from buildings and um, be able to make some headway in trying to establish current climate um, emissions and then go down from there.
4: What are the most challenging aspects of trying to find balance between what residents need to thrive and what the visitor
0: economy needs to thrive. There's always loud voices in the room and I think I work for an organization that does need to answer to businesses and so you can react instead of kind of calmly staying the course. Um, and that that's true for everybody, right, um, who's doing this work is that you can get detract distracted from the work of the plan by um, people who are trying to protect their own interests as well.
4: Do you think places like Aspen have a responsibility?
0: Yeah, I mean, with great knowledge and wealth, there is some responsibility. Aspen prides itself on kind of being a place where great ideas are discussed and certainly great amounts of wealth flow through here. So it should take that and turn it into... Um, of movement for good.
4: When you look around the community, who inspires you? Or which organizations inspire you?
0: Colorado Mountain College is doing some really exciting work with their curriculum, adding um, circular economy opportunities with the textile program. The Aspen Skiing Company has been a leader in sustainability and pursuing climate initiatives for a long time. Housing has been something that this valley tackled pretty early on in the 70s. And that program was instrumental in setting us up for success today, but there's further work that needs to be done. So the private-public partnership between um, Roaring Fork Restore and the governmental entities and looking at housing from a regional basis instead of just the Upper Valley is really inspiring. The transportation collaboration between different governmental agencies is pretty remarkable and ahead of its time when the um, Elected Officials Transportation Committee was formed in the 90s. I think I've mentioned H2O Ventures as um, an independent business but has helped solve many public lands challenges in the valley, with logistics in particular. And then ACEs is always, which is the Aspen Center for Environmental Studies, they are always kind of moving the needle. And also they have a lot of public facing programs that people are aware of, their farm to table dinners, um, a visit at Hallam Lake, but they're also doing um, forest inventory. And that type of work is usually more in the background, but very instrumental um, in keeping the biodiversity of this area.
4: What's the role of travel on a warming planet?
0: I think travel can still connect us and expose why it all matters. You know, I grew up on the East Coast. There was so much water. Basically, all the houses are below a water table, so your basement's flooding and there's no concept of the fact that water could run out. And then I go to a bachelorette party in Scottsdale, Arizona, and you're looking around thinking, where where did these people get water and i i think there's just so much value in seeing that firsthand you you could read about it all you want and it doesn't really hit home until you see it
4: we've had some really good chats about mindset and our mental modeling around solutions and problems how do you think about problem solving and what do you wish other some other people did around solution orientation
0: I always joke that in tourism, we're uh, building the airplane while we're flying it. So we're just kind of like, all right, let's do it. We can do this. And then you're like, oh, maybe I should get this wing in place over here. So I think sometimes people let perfection be in the way of progress. And I wish people would just kind of dive in. That's probably not always the best recommendation. But I think we would, I don't know, we'd get something going
4: (laughs) what support do you need
0: i feel like we need to clone the people that really understand the plan and get them out you know when you they always say if you feel like you've talked about this plan that you can never talk about it again you're just getting started and i feel like we got there and i couldn't believe you know it's sometimes hard to believe like oh my gosh i have said this same presentation or i have said these same words so many times Who's out there? Um, But you need to get out there times four of that. So I think you just need almost to deputize everybody within an organization as well as and make them tap 10 of their friends.
4: What about from the tourism industry? What support do you need?
0: I think we have an opportunity to put more of a stake in the ground of how uh, we would like to invite our guests to align with the community values, um, I think for a little while that was the case, and then it seems like maybe um, financial priorities took over. So I think um, we can align with those values.
4: I think the fundamental teaching of hospitality—that the guest is always right—has done us a huge disservice. Yeah. Globally. Yeah. Right, and that maybe it's more about respect. Uh, What do you need from the government at different levels?
0: We have a pretty great working relationship with them, so I think it's just continuing down that line. When council turns over, there's a big kind of onboarding to get everybody aware of what we're doing and why it matters.
4: And what do you need from visitors?
0: This is a real place. It's not Disneyland. People live here. And we very much want visitors to be here, but we want them to understand that this is a real community and a home.
4: What advice do you have for other communities or people in your shoes who are responsible for stewarding a destination and making a huge leap from marketing to management?
0: Go out and ride your bike to re- <laughs> remember why you're doing it um, because I think it, is, it can take a toll if you are embedded in the community that you are making the shift in, yeah, to get out and enjoy, enjoy the place and understand why you're doing the hard work.
3: That was Eliza Voss of Aspen Chamber Resort Association. And if you're interested in any of those projects that Eliza mentioned, check out our show notes on the destinationthink.com blog. Later this season, we'll get to chat with uh, many of those people and organizations Now let's shift gears and go to our next interview. Rodney also spoke with Aspen's Mayor Tory about the resort town's approach to sustainability. Here's Mayor Tory.
2: So,
4: um, can you just tell us your name and role again?
2: Sure. My name is Tory and I'm the mayor of Aspen, Colorado.
4: And top two issues that keep you up at night?
2: Top two issues that keep me up at night are about community health, um, and community support for our residents. Uh, as well as our visitors, uh, and then uh, the housing struggle that we have. Uh, housing, uh, lack of housing, lack of attainable or affordable housing has uh, many impacts for our community.
4: Mm. If you think about the trajectory that the world's on, or the environmental issues, the social issues, often interrelated, uh, where do you think the solution lies? Uh,
2: I, think, I think the solution lies in us getting back to being people-based about our decision-making. You know, there's a balance that we need to strike. Our, our environment, our natural environment, a lot of people consider that to be just your, your mountains, your streams, your trees, but really human beings are part of that natural environment. So restoring our, uh, our focus on, on people first is probably our, our, our best and first step forward.
4: When it comes to the environment in the day-to-day operations of running a, a bustling community like Aspen, how does the environment factor into your work?
2: So, uh, on city council, as a body city council that governs the the city of Aspen, uh, we've identified uh, the environment as a lens. So regardless of what decision we're making, what topic we're talking about, everything should have that environmental lens around it. So that we're making progress in every area, whether that's the infrastructure, uh, building codes that we have, uh, anything that we do needs to have an environmental lens on it so that we're making progress and greening as we go. How does
4: the city work with the ACRA? What's the relationship between yourself and Debbie and Eliza's team?
2: The Aspen Chamber Resort Association and the city of Aspen have a very close and intertwined relationship. ACRA, as they're known, uh, takes care of a lot of our uh, visitor services, if you will, but also our business services. And then over the recent years with um, you know, pandemic and, and the like, ACRA really stepped into a community leadership role, convening uh, the community, uh, creating town hall meetings for us. So really create a lot of connection. Uh, the city of Aspen both contracts with them, but also collaborates with them in uh, so many areas.
4: And when you think about shifting the focus to people, right? And you think about an economy that's heavily dependent on tourism and people visiting, how does tourism factor into shifting that focus? You know, what can, what sorts of things can we do to really put our resident quality of life in focus and make sure the tourism system is really working for us as a community?
2: Um, You know, everybody that lives in Aspen realizes how lucky we are to be here. We we also recognize how special of a place this is. Um, And we wanna share it. So for us, Tourism is not just about uh, an economic driver. Uh, It's really about, you know, again, to use the word community, society, culture, um, bringing people together and sharing what what we've gotten from Aspen. So, you know, I think we have a very healthy view about our visitorship. Um, uh, We want to share Aspen with everybody.
4: What initiatives are you most excited about in the tourism space?
2: I think i'm most excited about some of uh some of our land management strategies uh protecting our trails and and some of our more scenic areas that are heavily trafficked so better management there and and really uh making it so that it's accessible and available to everybody but so that it still uh is maintained for everybody um other than that the education that we're doing and connecting people to the natural surroundings so that they have a better appreciation for it. And then maybe take that appreciation home to wherever they're from and start uh, making progress where they come from.
4: Like a lot of your counterparts around the world, affordable housing, especially post pandemic, as we sort of navigate our way out of uh, COVID is one of the things keeping you up at night what are some of the things that are being worked on and put in place? What are the conversations being had and the initiatives that you're preparing?
2: So we uh, recently have developed a housing strategic plan and that really identified 14 action items or areas that we can make improvement in. Whether that's a uh, new building of new units, whether that's uh, some sort of buy down or uh, low interest loan programs to help people um, so many tools in our toolbox, and we've identified those recently. We're moving ahead with uh, just about every one of them. And we're also looking for new solutions. You know, this is, uh, I, I guess, something that we look at as an ongoing uh, issue for us. This is a very desirable place to be. It's very limited in its natural resources for land and, and the like. So uh, it's going to be something that we look to make improvements on. And it's going to take us years to really strike the, the final balance for what works for our community.
4: With so many big problems in the world getting worse, what do you think the role of travel and the tourism industry is going forward?
2: Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's right on the forefront for Aspen, especially Aspen summertime, with the Ideas Festival being hosted here by the Aspen Institute. You know, we look at—I uh, say we—people that live here, um, other people that have an appreciation for Aspen. We look at this as like a giant classroom. Uh, the experiences that people can have while they're here in Aspen can be profound, have uh, life-changing effects, and that's that's why we love to share this place so much. Is because we recognize that the lessons learned here are something that are uh, applicable for anybody anywhere, and we love to share those lessons.
4: What do you think the world can learn from Aspen?
2: Respect. Respect for our natural surroundings, respect for other people, respect for community and society. Uh, We have a a, a high value on culture and arts. Um, We want people to live their greatest life. One of the reasons that I actually moved here to Aspen was because for the first time uh, as a young man, I moved somewhere and people that I first met would say, who do you want to be or what do you want to do and how can I help you achieve it? that was stunning to me and um, I mean I'm living proof it's it's worked
4: yeah that's really cool do you have any advice or warnings or motivation for people around the world who are grappling with the same issues as you are here
2: look for new ways of problem solving Um, it's very easy to get trapped into the same kind of thinking that has got us to where we are now But our future is different than our present and much different than our past. So you've got to think about solutions in a different way and attack problems uh, with open dialogue, collaboration and an open mind for things that may not be apparent in the first.
4: When you think about the future, are you optimistic or frightened?
2: I'm completely
3: optimistic. I'm hopeful forever. That was Aspen's Mayor, Tory, And for our final interview today, let's go to Debbie Braun, the President and CEO at Aspen Chamber Resort Association.
1: Hi, I'm Debbie Braun, President and CEO of the Aspen Chamber Resort Association.
4: What do you love about Aspen?
1: What isn't there to love about Aspen? I love the people. I love that every day when I drive to work, I'm still in awe by the wonder of the mountains, the people, the place.
4: How does living here inform your values?
1: What Aspen gives to me is small town character, gives me community. A lot of times in the big cities, I don't feel like you can connect as well as you can here in the mountains.
4: Can you explain how your organization fits into the tourism and government landscape in Aspen?
1: Yeah, the Aspen Chamber Resort Association, I like to say we're a hybrid organization. We're sort of like a traditional Chamber of Commerce and a CVB, which is what we used to call destination, Marketing organization. So I like to think that we are um, kind of the connector and the convener of community between our businesses. We have over 800 member businesses. We also uh, run the destination marketing uh, program here, which gets a lodging tax. So it's got a nice, healthy budget to it to promote tourism here. We work with our government officials and um, nonprofit partners, so arts and culture, they don't like to be lumped in as business. They find that they're their own um, group of people. And the Chamber's job is really to coordinate activities. A lot of times I feel like I'm air traffic control. Somebody calls me and says, Debbie, I've got a problem, and I'm like, this is who you would call at the city, this is who you'd call at the county. Oh, you want to put on a special event? Here's your contact here. So we really are sort of a hub of all activity that goes on in Aspen.
4: I think about it like glue or mycelium in soil connecting all the different, you know, nutrient pods within the soil, right? That's such an important role for the chamber or the tourism board.
1: Yeah, I kind of think if you look at an aspen tree, we're sort of the trunk and underneath is the root system. And we all have to be working together in unison, making sure that we're taking care of all of the roots so that the tree can grow.
4: I love that analogy. It's topical since we are yeah. sitting here in Aspen. What would you love to see in the future? What's your vision for tourism here?
1: Well, wouldn't it be great if we could find that beautiful, delicate balance of harmony between our residents, between our visitors, between our businesses? Two-thirds of the businesses um, don't live inside the city limits of Aspen, therefore they can't vote on really important issues. So if we could speak in a singular voice to our government officials and talk to our residents and bring it all together so that we feel like there's some harmony running around in our community instead of divisiveness. And Aspen really prides itself on being a leader in working together. They always say the rising tides lift all the boats here so we don't compete so much against each other as much as we try to lift each other up.
4: You've been at the Chamber for 23 years.
1: Just turned 24.
4: Just turned 24. Yeah. If you had a time machine Are there any moments in Aspen's tourism history that you'd go back and modify?
1: No, I think we have been um, at a slow and steady pace since our first lodging tax got passed in 2000. So in 2000, we really were not marketing Aspen. Aspen's reputation was sort of standing on its own with the lifestyles of the rich and famous. So what I think we've really been proud of over the last 20 years is taking this slow approach. I always say the turtle wins in the end. So we have taken our time to create relationships with our community, with our businesses, with our big partners like the skiing company, uh, Snowmass Tourism. I think it's very important that our local vision matches the reputation, the world-class reputation. I think it's very important that our locals have a say in how we are marketed and how we are presented to the world.
4: Our teams recently got to work together on a destination management plan. Why does Aspen need a destination management plan?
1: Well, Aspen needs a destination management plan because if someone's not paying attention to what's going on, um, I think there's some saying that the monkeys will overrun the zoo. So when you're only looking at one part, the city might just be looking at a municipality standpoint. Businesses are just looking at their bottom line. There needs to be somebody in our community taking a more holistic approach to visitor activity, to residential activity, and actually of turning our spigot on and off when appropriate so it's really important for a destination management plan especially in a mature destination
4: you invested a lot of time and resources in really listening to the community and really understanding what's important to the people who live here and work here and run businesses here what are some of the standout sort of issues that um, we th- we need to address in destination management for you
1: Well, I hate to even say it because it seems more like a buzzword, but sustainability for our community. So it's not just the environment that needs sustainability, it's our employees, it's transportation. It's really beginning to say not one industry is more important than the other industry, and each and every one needs a partner in making progress moving forward.
4: The tension around the evolution of aspen spirit came up in the plan and that's not unusual for us to see in a place as people move and you know values shift and change over time especially when you go something as transformative as a pandemic right as a community uh how do you strike a balance in you know the values as they change and how people interpret what it means you know to have aspen spirit
1: well i love the fact that we have spirit and i love the fact that over a thousand locals wanted to come out and talk to us about how they were feeling especially remember we were doing this during the pandemic it gave a voice to people who didn't feel like they had a voice so i was not surprised to see um Aspen is beautiful but angry. I think that was the term that we all sort of went, wow. Um, and I think by allowing people to tell you that they're angry and talk about what that is almost is a release valve for them. If you just want to be heard, and once you're heard, I think that's already taken our tension in our community down a little bit. And then actionizing what we can from the plan to help mitigate how they're feeling, they like that, and they deserve that. I mean, Aspen was not built by visitors alone. You know, it was ranchers and miners and many, many generations of families coming through here. It's a real community, and the community should have a say in how we market and present ourselves now and into the future.
4: I know that community health is something that's really important to you. Can you talk a little bit about that and how you see it fit with tourism?
1: Right. Well, we don't have a tourism economy whatsoever if we don't have healthy employees, healthy businesses. So sustainability runs in a lot of different gamuts and one of the things I'm really proud about the Chamber is we host public affairs committees, we have marketing committees, and we sit on committees all over our community. And one of the ones that is really near and dear to my heart is the Valley Health Alliance. So about 10 to 15 years ago, our county and our city said, we cannot provide insurance to our employees because the costs are getting too high. So the county manager had a meeting with the CEO of Aspen Valley Hospital and said, what can we start to do to make healthcare affordable, and available to the residents of our community. So over the last 10 years, the Valley Health Alliance has come together and all the major employers in our community have self-insured. They're working to contain cost, but more importantly, they're helping every individual in our community get a primary care provider. And why that's so important is integrated health care in our own community drives down cost. And the cost of doing business in Aspen, if it's not healthcare, It's childcare, it's transportation, it's rent. There are so many reasons it feels like people want you to leave Aspen. So to do anything we can to help our employers and our employees cut costs and have better outcomes by having a primary care provider, that's what the Valley Health Alliance is really all about. So it's not always about pricing. And we're able to, through the Alliance, to talk directly to hospitals, hospitals, doctors, businesses, um, all working together to not only lower prices but to give better care. And that's something that I don't think that every destination is focusing on. So it's something that we're really proud of, the work that we're doing here.
4: It's definitely really unique. What do you and ACRA need? What support you need from the community or from businesses and stakeholders to have a bigger impact?
1: Well, I think it's the same for almost everyone. It's engagement. We're putting together a destination management plan. If no one looks at the document and it sits in Eliza's office on a desk picking up a dust, then what did we really do for community? So it's incumbent upon our elected officials to look at the document and find places that we can work together. It's incumbent on our businesses to understand where they can participate um, and feel like they have a sense of the outcome. You know, sometimes in this world, everything is so crazy and you don't really feel like you have control. Well, if you participate in our destination management plan, you are controlling sort of the future of the destination.
4: If you could implant a piece of learning or knowledge in the community broadly, what would it be? What do you know that you wish everyone else knew?
1: Well, the, the one pushback we've gotten from the destination management plan, and I wish I could sing this song a little bit louder um, so the people in the back could hear, is that they, when they hear that Accra is shifting to destination management, their first gut reaction is, but you still need to market. You still need to be marketing. Why aren't you marketing? You're a marketing organization. Your mission says to attract people to the resort, not manage people in the resort. So I wish I could convey to everyone that we are still marketing and promotion. We're actually just looking at it from a more holistic standpoint and doing a more targeted and better job of bringing the right people at the right time to the community, instead of just sending out marketing messages that says, we're open for business, come and get us
4: when someone is lucky enough to come to Aspen and experience it what do you hope they take home with them?
1: A sense of wonder because I think we feel that here so often that when someone comes into our community they feel the sense of awe and wonder and they can take a deep breath and smell the fresh air and reset themselves before they head back to their own lives. So it's kind of a, an escape to just see the wonder of Aspen and really to enjoy hopefully your family, your friends, the outdoors, um, the arts and cultural scene. And it just gives you a sense of appreciation when you go back to your own own home.
4: It's the perfect night to end on. I hope that everyone gets to come here and experience that because it's been, even though we've been very busy, it's been uh, really lovely to come and experience that ourselves. And that sense of wonder is everywhere. Thank you for having us here. And thank you for sitting down and talking to me.
1: Well, thanks, Rodney. And thank you so much for being here.
3: This has been Travel Beyond presented by Destination Think. The season of the podcast is sponsored by Aspen Chamber Resort Association. You can find previous episodes of Travel Beyond and more information about this one at destinationthink.com slash blog. My co host is Rodney Payne. This episode has been produced and has theme music composed by me, David Archer. Danny Garropy recorded this season's interviews with Rodney on site in Aspen, Colorado. Sarah Raymond Debuy is co-producer. Lindsay Payne, Annika Rotiola, Katie Schreiner, and Kaylee Wallace provided production support. And you can help more people find this show by subscribing to future episodes and by leaving a rating and review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Next episode is about housing, and we'll speak with Gail Schwartz, former Colorado state senator and current president of Habitat for Humanity in the Roaring Fork Valley.
1: Habitat is just, you know, part of the solution. But when we are short 5,000 homes to adequately house our workforce, it's a big question. How do we get there?
3: See you then.